0: To posting up the Washington Post NBA podcast, I'm your host Tim BonTEMPS, national NBA writer for the Washington Post, and I'm very happy to be joined by my friend Anthony Slater after a thrilling Game Four in Oklahoma City. Um, getting ready to, Anthony's going to go to practice and then make the long drive through the
1: Southwest
0: from Oklahoma City down to San Antonio, which I know he is really excited about. So, so
1: excited! What's going on, man? Maybe, maybe going to have to do that two times this week. Uh with the game seven looming. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah.
0: Could be could be lots of uh lots of miles on uh on what is that, forty? do not It's 35, it thirty five. Thirty five thirty five straight down. That's right, thirty five straight down. Um you know, what's only it's still only about twelve hours after the dust finally settled at uh at Chesapeake Energy Arena last night. But what um you know, really just an unbelievable performance from Kevin Durant gets gets the thunder back in this series. Um 41 points doesn't miss a shot in the fourth quarter. Has 29 points on 13 shots in the second half. Um, you've had a front row seat to this entire season for the Thunder, which has been just uh, a circus in so many ways yeah. with his free agency coming and everything else. What what was last night like? And and for you, where did it rank in uh, in terms of everything that's gone on this year?
1: Uh, High. Uh, I think it's just it's kind of a reminder to me to to everyone that you know when. This season, there's been so much criticism about the team and, like, you know, the direction and uh, the stars at times. Russell Westbrook after game three and um, just the direction of this franchise, even dating back to the Harden trade and everything that's happened since with the injuries. But when you, not just the Durant performance last night, the arena, the atmosphere, the setup to the game, uh, just the drama of it all, and just really the great basketball that was played in that environment, it's just kind of a reminder that these Thunder fans, and really NBA fans, need to savor this era of Thunder basketball. There is a chance that it is over, uh, you know, 50 days from now if he, if Durant decides to sign elsewhere, although I think last night probably helped in uh, retaining him potentially. But, like, if this team is, a, you know, two years from now is a 25-win team, I know this fan base is great, but, like, you can't just produce those for a mid-February game, that type of environment, that type of game. Uh, this is a special team uh, that has its flaws, but it is so interesting in some ways because of its flaws, because of how psychotic Russell Westbrook is and, <laughs> you know the the nuts games he can have and uh you know and Durant, I mean, how special of a player he is, but you know, just kind of everything that still lingers over him and you know even the supporting cast uh, is interesting. Dion waiters is really interesting uh, in his own way and and now Adams and uh, I just. It was kind of just, I think, a reminder to some people. And you know, you mentioned Durant; he's obviously the story with what he did, though.
0: Yeah, no, and 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 it is it is a fascinating team. I mean, it's a it's a team that is a lightning rod on every level. I mean, you you kind of hit on all of them. The supporting cast is a bunch of guys who are you know have have intriguing skill sets, and that they are a lot of them have one either really good or maybe even elite skill, um, but then have a lot of flaws. And you've got a star in Russell Westbrook, who is a loose cannon, who you have no idea what's going to happen. Basically, every time he's on the court or in an interview room or anywhere, it's a total wild card. Um, You have this, you have everything hanging over Kevin Durant now. Um, You have you know Billy Donovan is his first year as a coach. It is it, it is kind of fascinating how how this team. Is uh, how this team is just such a just such a, a, a draw for controversy on really every level. Going, you know, to your point, all the way back to the James Harden trade, which is you know four years ago now, but still, it's it, it hangs over everything that's happened since. And uh, and what has it been like for you? Um, you know, you've been around the team before this year, but what what has it been like to kind of follow this group around this year as all of these various things are all kind of coalescing at the same time?
1: Really interesting. I mean, uh, one thing I think too much uh, in this day and age is like we when, when we analyze sports, you know, and like I'm I, I love analytics. I use it. I'm not trying to like sit here and rip it at all. But like, like I'm all, I'm very much more a fan of like storytelling and interesting and entertainment. Um, and I, that's what I really like about this Thunder team. Like you don't really know what Waiters is going to say at times. You do You know. You mentioned the Westbrook thing. Um, they're just they have they have backgrounds that are interesting. Steven Adams is this New Zealand uh, crazy tough rugby player that like, <laughs> you know, he he was born or uh, he was born when Tim Duncan was like 19. He didn't even know who Tim Duncan was. Cause he didn't even know what the NBA really was till he was like 15. Um, and now suddenly he's like potentially playing Tim Duncan off the floor, a right. Hall of Famer in a playoff game. And you know, he like, and he's hilarious off the court, but like, he, it seems like he's like a robot on the court. And then you got Ennis Canner who's, you know, he's a guy that, uh, he's got that background in Turkey where he like had, you know, kind of like, uh, fought his, uh, club team a little bit to, to try to get to America. Then they made sure he didn't, um, he wasn't eligible in the NCAA. And then, um, you know, the, the thing in Utah where he comes in in the lockout and he really battles Utah, he had a, just a terrible time there. He became such a polarizing figure. The thunder kind of pluck him, uh, from this like disgraced place and are, and are now trying to build him back up and. Um, you know he's liable to pop off in the media at times especially if you ask him about the jazz I, mean, I just there's so like I just feel like every single player on this team has an interesting tale to tell um, and though they're criticized at times I've enjoyed covering every moment of it because I mean it those are the type of stories that, that interest people.
0: yeah no and 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 obviously the, the Durant thing just looms over looms over all of it with uh, you know as you mentioned a couple of months from now he has a choice of where to go but you know, there there was a thought, and I, I think you were probably thinking the same thing as me, um, you know, going in the fourth quarter of that game last night, San Antonio's up by four, and it it looks like, you know, that could potentially be the final 12 minutes that Kevin Durant ever played as a Thunder player mm-hmm. at home. And it was, it, I, I mean, I, I was kind of struck, I wrote about it for for the Washington Post today, like, I thought it was kind of fascinating how everybody in the arena basically was standing for the whole fourth quarter and, and never really sat down. And, I, you know, you can you can play, you know, psychoanalyst and think that maybe people are, um, you know, wanted to just make sure they didn't miss anything. But, you know, I I, I, think, I think
1: there's something to that. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, well, I was just going to say, but then as the quarter went on, it just turned into I think everybody just couldn't stop watching what
1: Durant was doing because that was just a
0: an unbelievable unbelievable yeah. performance
1: well one thing you got to remember about this fan base so the team gets here in 2008 they're not good they go they start three and 29 but the fans were just it was unbelievable that there was an nba team in oklahoma city so they were like i mean it was like crowds like that every night i wouldn't say standing through the fourth but it was like really good pack crowds even for a three and 29 team and then by year two you know, they're suddenly the hottest young team in the league. They become the eight seed. They get that uh, playoff series against the eventual champion Lakers in the first round. Push them to six. The home crowds, I wasn't there that series. But from what I've heard, they were, like, even crazier than last night. That series ends up – uh the Thunder won three and four at home. And then six, Paul Gasol gets the tip in.
0: Yeah, that um, was a crazy series. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember and, watching it. It was unbelievable.
1: And, like – it kind of set this reputation of Thunder fans is just like, especially in the playoffs, just absolutely crazed uh, into the game. They all wore their T-shirts, whereas there's a lot of other arenas, especially a while ago, that you know, like a lot of people wouldn't put on the T-shirt. Like right. every single, like the owner would put it on. Like it just kind of became a thing. Um, and but the but the last couple of years, um, you know, just the newness has kind of worn off this franchise. They had the the, the Westbrook injury. They've just experienced some some adversity, obviously, with everything. And then last year, there was just no playoff games. And then suddenly, like this era that was supposed to be incredible, there's a chance it you know it ends without a title. And I just I think it's all built up to this. And last night was like the fans were really like kind of letting it out. And I mean, that fourth quarter, uh, it was like a very memorable moment in this franchise's history.
0: Yeah, and 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 it. I mean, I don't know if I will ever forget watching that fourth quarter from Durant. I mean, he. You know he goes six for six. He's making he's making runners in the lane, like getting around Kawhi Leonard, the defensive player of the year. Yeah, day. he's oh, making Leonard. shots. He's making shots with Kawhi's hand in his face. Um, you know he's it's just just making unbelievable plays, and it, it just reminds you of for all the frustrations that people might have with this Thunder team. You know the bottom line is when you have Russell Westbrook on your team and you have Kevin Durant on your team, you can basically do whatever you want, and you're going to have a chance to win the game because you have those two guys, and if one of them, you know, and I think Durant, maybe even more so than Westbrook, you know, if Durant gets into a mode like he did last night, I don't know if there's
1: a more unstoppable player in the league than him. Especially uh, when he's doing it on both ends. Uh, Because you mentioned he went 6-6 for 17 points, you know, with Kawhi as his primary defender in the fourth. Leonard went 0-5 for zero points, and Durant was guarding him. And, you know, up to that point, Kawhi had been really good. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's important. And, you know, he hadn't really – he had his MVP season in 2014 where he – I think he scored 40 points 14 times. And he had that, like, crazy streak of, like, 35-point games consecutively. A lot of that was because Russ was out. Um, then he has the injuries last year. Then this year, I mean, they've got a lot more offensive weapons around him as far as Canner, Adams, uh, you know, Baca's getting his shot. Westbrook's better than he's ever been offensively this season. I think he scored 40 points once this season. He had this, like, uh, solid streak at 20-point games, but he has not had this, like, can you even remember one signature game from him this year?
0: No. No, I mean, it's funny. This season has been defined by his possible departure more than anything he's ever done on the court. Yeah, and I think part of that, I mean, Sometimes
1: uh, I think he's a a bit too passive, Uh, and and I think it's been good for his teammates. It's been good for Russell. It's been good for a lot of things. But there's times where it's just like, dude, just grab the reins. Like you are the former MVP. You have this incredible skill set. Just take bad shots. You know, take twenty footers over Kawhi Leonard. That you know, like analytics or whoever to say it's a bad shot, but like you're hot and like get hot, get yourself hot. And I think he finally. At the like last moment of the season, like at the most important moment, he kind of uh, did it in the fourth.
0: Yeah, and that and it's funny you say that. Um, he is just such an unbelievably efficient player, pretty much all the time. I mean, you know, he had that that game, that seven for thirty three game against the against the Mavericks, and you know that that was such an an abnormal thing because you just never see him have a game like that and. To, to see, I mean, it was it was remarkable to just watch him basically say, I'm not going to lose this game. And and then go out and proceed to make sure that he didn't. Like, because that, for, for all the for all the stuff that, you know, I want to get into the supporting cast in a minute. And, like, you know, they, there was a lot of big contributions from a lot of other guys on the court down the stretch in that game. But, you know, if Kevin Durant doesn't step up and play, like you said, like an MVP and just take control of that game, the Thunder aren't winning that game, no matter what those other guys do.
1: No doubt about it. And, you know, it was it was strange because, I mean, I I know people have tweeted this some and talked about it, but, like, it had a little bit of that LeBron against the Celtics when he was, in you know, in 2010 or even against the Spurs uh, right before he left the Heat where, you know, is it is it kind of going to go down where, where he's kind of chirping at teammates and he's frustrated and, like, the fourth quarter ends and it's just Spurs ball movement everywhere and it's like, you know what, he just cannot beat this team and, you know, it may be time to leave. Uh, it it kind of had that feeling in the first three quarters, and then, um, you know, it, it's so weird because it's never smart in sports to, um, you know, judge one game as, as more important, you know, than, than others or, or hold more significance, but there's just, like, no doubt about what he did in the fourth quarter, like, potentially altered the, the direction of this franchise, and, and he really just made a statement on a national level.
0: Yeah, it was it was incredible to see. So you know, we let's we've referenced him a few times. Let's talk about the supporting cast. You know, the funny thing, you, you you turn on that game in the fourth quarter, and you know you see Kevin Durant walk on the court, and then you see Stephen Adams. All right, Stephen Adams is the starting center, and then you see Randy Foy, Deion Waiters, and Ennis his and you go, man, this is a this could be a rough situation if your season's coming down to this lineup at the start of the fourth quarter as a team that's had trouble, trouble in the fourth quarter all season long against the Spurs of all people. And, yeah. you know, I, I all three of those guys um, had massive contributions for for the Thunder in that fourth quarter.
1: Well, the Randy Foy one is the most shocking of them all, right? I mean, he did completely erase from the rotation um, and was only back because of how bad Cameron Payne was. Cameron Payne <laughs> right. plays, plays, plays even decent. Uh, you know, Randy Foy's not seeing the floor the rest of the series, but you know, he hits that corner three, you know, I think that, and I think that spaced the floor a little bit. Uh, you know, I think Matt, it was Matt Moore from CBS. He had a couple of clips of after that Randy Foy three, you know, Patty Mills is a little closer to him in the corner and suddenly Durant has a little bit more space. Um, so he was big, but you know, the two guys, uh, that you mentioned Ennis Canner and Dion Waiters, the, the the thunder got both of them at a time where you know both were heavily criticized last season. In February, you get waiters. He's, um, you know, he, he just it didn't work out in Cleveland. Uh, a lot of that I think was him, and you know LeBron basically forced their hand. Um, but I mean, I think Sam Presti when he got him, he saw you know he saw a 23 year old, which I think is important uh, to note that you know at 23 you're not a complete product you can grow and I think when he got here and what they've made him realize over the last, you know, year or so is you know, this isn't the this isn't the Philly playground where you're a stud offensive player this is the NBA where you know your offensive skill set is average, you know, like you can you can hit star type shots like fadeaways but they're you're going to hit them like 20% of the time. Yeah, right. And, you know you you can't finish at the rim over these big bodies like you can uh, you know playing, you know, pickup ball. But what you can do at an elite level, potentially in the NBA, is your huge up like upper body for a for a guard.
0: Yeah, he's a big guy. I mean, yeah. people people see him on TV and they might think he's just a he's just an average size guy. He's a big, thick guard.
1: Really up upstairs, he's a he's big and he's quick. He's he's got really quick feet, and he's very competitive. He's got like that Philadelphia pride in him. So I think they were like, "Hey, like be a defender, like become a." defense first guy off the bench like who can hit shots who can get to the rim and like you'll still have moments to do that but you know it I, I don't know if they presented it to him like this but hey he's about to be a restricted free agent and just off what he's done in this series like he's probably made like four or five extra million a year
0: yeah you wouldn't be surprised i mean he's been he's been awfully impressive and look the other guy who's been you know much maligned for his defenses and his Canner. and i mean look He's still he's he's not exactly Ben Wallace, and you won't ever be. But you look at you look oh, you don't at, think
1: he's going to be uh, leading the league in block shots? I, I don't
0: <laughs> I don't think so. But you, but you but you look at him in the fourth quarter, right? And yeah, and the you know the Thunder basically said we're going to throw him and and, and Stephen Adams out there, and we're going to try to get every rebound, and they pretty much did. I think they had four offensive rebounds between the two of them in the first four minutes of the of the fourth quarter, and. You know, that was a huge part of how the Thunder got off and running. And, and he, and look, he was guarding Lamarcus Aldridge at times down the stretch. And, you know, Lamarcus missed some shots. But the bottom line is that, you know, he did a good enough job to, to help the Thunder win the game.
1: Yeah. 15 6 in rebounds in the fourth quarter, as you alluded to. But, you know, I think I'm going to write a little bit about the defense for tomorrow. Um, it's, it's crazy because he's not, he's like still a bad defender. Like, you know, if you just watch. A basketball game like that guy's not a good defender but i don't think people fully grasp where he's come from from like when he got to oklahoma city 14 months ago where it was like worst in the league like right. three to three to four times per game like face palm plays you know what i mean where you're like oh my god like what are you doing <laughs> um guards just going by him cole aldridge i remember one time just like kind of like he 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 looked like he was guarding Kevin Durant, like Cole Aldridge was sitting there at the at the block, and Kevin Durant's like, "Dude, what? Are you, like, why are you standing next to me? Your guys over there." Like that type of stuff. <laughs> um, to now, I mean, he's like he's like mm, not that good, but I like how many times this series has has there been a play where you're like, "Oh man, canner!" Like terrible play, like it barely happens. I mean, he doesn't make great plays, but he just doesn't have those terrible moments within the game that suddenly allows you to then use all his gifts on the offensive end, which probably don't get talked about enough because, I mean, this guy is uh, maybe the best offensive rebounder in the league. I think, you know, the percentage of offensive rebounds he gets on the game, I think it was, it was him and Andre Drummond this season um, were like 1-2. Uh, and then really skilled down low with a lot of touch. And, you know, they're even spreading him out to corner threes. I think he was 10-21 from, from the corner when he really started shooting them after the all-star break. Uh, and then, you know, he hit a big one in the fourth last night. Uh, so he can shoot it a little bit and, you know, playing him with Adams and I, you know, a lot of, a lot of what you got to remember with Cantor too defensively is that he's either next to Steven Adams or Serge Ibaka, which is huge for him. Cause then, I mean, then he's not the anchor. He's not even asked to be the anchor. You got two, like, I'd say top level um, interior defenders to pair him with. So I think the Thunder have done a lot for him. And in turn, he's kind of uh, returned that trust and and. Done a lot for the Thunder.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a monster on the boards. I mean, people don't it's like you said, it's not something people necessarily will think about, but um, you know, he the, between him and Adams, I mean, they just you know, the Spurs coming into the series like, all right, you know, you've got Tim Duncan and David West and Marcus Aldridge and Boris D. I, like you think all right, they'll be able to do a decent job of competing with the Thunder on the boards. And, you know, you get into that pivotal pivotal stretch. At the start of the fourth quarter, and those guys just were were dominating them inside, and it didn't seem like it didn't seem like the, the Spurs were ever going to get another. Yeah,
1: rebound. it it seems with the small ball movement that people really like uh, kind of devalued offensive rebounding. Um, you yeah, because
0: everybody's focused on transition defense. Yep,
1: yep, and in a sense, I think that the Thunder have completely flipped that, and they just attack the offensive glass this season. That their diff- rebounding differential per game I think it was like plus 8.4 it ended at which was the best since the 1950 Boston Celtics like they were historically good rebounding this season that's Canner, that's Adams That's Russell Westbrook's one of the best rebounding point guards ever yeah uh, Durant's a great rebounder for a three you know for a three a okay Robertson's good at, at a two um, they get chip-ins from everywhere uh, but you know like I said I think the Canner Adams front line has a lot to do with that and you know, I think you credit the Thunder a little bit for kind of uh, zigging while other people are zagging in that sense. I, I, I do think it has hurt their transition defense, although at times that's more just Russell Westbrook walking back
0: <laughs> right.
1: than the offensive rebounding. But, I mean, sometimes when you crash the glass, other teams have been able to leak out on them. But it's like an interesting dynamic to this team. Um, you know, it when you can just get, you know, four or five, six times per game, you can just kind of gobble up a, a miss and put it back then it doesn't matter if Dion Waiters takes that 18 foot step back if a scanner just turns it into two points, you know? Uh, so I, I, it's a huge factor.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Now moving forward here, you know, we've got, you know, the first game was a stinker. We've had three unbelievable games since then You the know, series tied at two games apiece. You know, we're going, getting ready to go, you know, we're both getting ready to go back to San Antonio for game five. Where, where do you see things right now? Um, from from the Thunder standpoint in this series,
1: I I think they've already done um they they've already done enough to, to have a solid free agency pitch to Kevin Durant. They're like, hey, they went toe to toe with him. They were really competitive. I think last night really helped, and I think what the supporting cast done in that sense has helped. But uh, they would man if they this would be the biggest series win they've ever i mean it's tough to say that cuz in 2012 they did go to the finals but uh to no, do no, that no no
0: i think i think what you were going to say is fair i think given what's at stake if they beat the spurs in this series it probably is bigger than them going to the finals in
1: 2012 yeah because i mean it's if, if you it's win probably got to well, insure durant's days right
0: well i don't know if it insures it but look if you if you win this series right it's your your pitch to kevin durant is We've got this young core. We just beat the we just beat the Spurs. We, you know, let's say they beat the Spurs and lose to the Thunder. You know, we oh, are the Warriors. Lose the war. yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's like, all right, well, we lost to the Warriors, but our our surround our our cast surrounding you guys is younger than theirs, and you know, we've got everybody locked up. So if you stay here, we're gonna have a young team that's gonna be able to compete for years. I mean, that's yeah. their that's their pitch. And if you beat the Spurs all of a sudden that pitch looks a lot more, you know, you can, you've got that much more credibility behind it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say this for sure, but you'd have to think that it eliminates San Antonio, uh, right? I mean, is he gonna leave I, I, I wouldn't,
0: team? I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything like that. I just, I, I just think it would, I just think it would make the Spurs case that much stronger, or not the Spurs case, the war, the, the Thunders case that much stronger. Um, yeah. In terms of keeping him, but I it would I think, be I, I think to me if I think it's risky to rule out. Um, I think it's risky to rule anything out.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I just it would just really surprise me if he beat the Spurs with the a young Thunder team and then left for the Spurs. Um, it'd just be like I said, surprising a little bit. But um, I mean. Uh, the stakes are high as far as like like can they win this series? Well, yeah. Just
0: how do you feel about things right now? You know, I, you know after after game three, you know I, I went on your podcast the other day, and we weren't we weren't sure exactly what what yesterday was going to look like, and then they yeah. come back, the Thunder come back and play great down the stretch and win that game, and you know as the series shifts back there, like how do you where do you see it in terms of what what they need to do to try to get another one?
1: Well, one thing. The the two games in this series that uh, they've had long layoffs before, which was Game One. You know, both teams had a long layoff, and then Game Three, both teams had a long layoff. The Spurs; those are the Spurs' wins. They played the bet better. I mean, we all know the Spurs are kind of older, so you know, I think that's something the Thunder can maybe think about because because moving forward, there's only one day rest between the next couple games. Um, I don't know if that'll play a major factor. Obviously, the games being in San Antonio, you gotta favor uh, the Spurs moving forward. But I think Billy Donovan's potentially figured out some things as far as like when and where he can play Ennis Canner, Although I I do think the Spurs should and will attack him more in the pick and roll. Like, yes. I guess i like trying to post him up, like we you we
0: well what I thought was interesting to your point, like basically the the Thunder I thought made a pretty a pretty smart bet. They they banked on we, like, look we've got all these big big time athletes. We got we got all this size, this athleticism. We are gonna we are gonna um we're gonna we're gonna try to just solo you know go one on one with everybody. We're not leaving any of these shooters and giving up open shots and we're gonna make the Spurs beat us in one on one situations where we probably have bigger and stronger guys in those in those matchups.
1: Yeah, it's and it worked. It, it seemed like they were thinking, Hey, Ennis Canner's in the game, like like post him up. But the thing is, like, Enes Kanter's not bad if he just can stay in one place and, like, just try to be strong, because he's pretty strong. That's why he's good on the rebound. Right. Where he's an issue is, like, yeah, get him with Parker in space and and spread him with shooters, and then suddenly West or someone's diving down the lane. Uh, He struggles with that type of stuff. Um, So, I mean, Greg Poppich is smart enough to know that, and you got to think they'll adjust there. Uh, But but I do think that Thunder's gaining confidence. I think that Durant game can potentially – can potentially lead to more durant games like that you know sometimes superstars just get really hot uh and if, and if he gets really hot that's trouble for the spurs the thunder really needs russell westbrook to get going um, i thought he played a much better game last night as far as 15 assists was really getting guys involved better defensively it was hard not to be after game three uh, but he still shot five of 18 he's shooting 33 percent in this series there's always a chance he has like that superstar game that he hasn't had uh in this series which i think all also should scare the Spurs, and then um, Randy Foy off the bench for Cameron Payne. Uh, I think we can pretty pretty assured that that will be the case. You know, it's not a huge huge factor, but you know, potentially saves it under some points because Payne's been so bad, uh, sort of <laughs> turning the ball over. Yes, he I'm, has been very bad. I, I like I like Payne's future. I really do at twenty one. But yeah, he's a no, look. He's a guy no a lot of teams like.
0: He, there, he's a guy a lot of teams liked in the draft, and and he he's shown some flashes at times this year. But I mean, the bottom line is he hadn't played the last two months, and you know you know Billy Dunham I think had a good series, but but chucking him in and uh, chucking him in there in in the series is not through the first two through three and a half games hadn't really gone very well, and uh, yeah, I think you know I think. I think if you're playing the Spurs, having having a guy like Foy out there with his experience and and his ability to just kind of stay in the corner and be a reliable threat as a shooter is, is probably a better choice at this point for them.
1: Yeah, especially when Durant and Waiters have shown enough as like ball handlers in those lineups uh, that you know you don't need a point guard. Because Randy Foy is not a point guard like Payne, uh, but he can just kind of ball handle if he needs to, spread in the corner. Uh you saw him last night uh when somebody closed out on him, he went by and he made a layup just smart plays doesn't get beat defensively uh you know thick upstairs. so like I said, I don't think this is like worth like really digging into as far as like the Randy foy dynamic, but I do think it just it just kind of shores up uh, you know eight minutes of the thunder you know game five
0: yeah, absolutely. you would think you would think that helps a lot um what do you, what do you what is your do you think that they can get another
1: game? In San Antonio. Well, they're gonna to have to. I mean, like, yes, I think they can.
0: Well, I guess I, I should I, I should rephrase that. Do you think Do you think they'll Do you think they will? I
1: don't know. I, I, these these series are so hard to predict. This team is just I I, I haven't been able to predict it all season. I, you know, it's funny. I actually picked the Thunder in six to start the series. So uh, along that those lines, then I would should say yes in five and six. But like game one really kind of scared me off that prediction. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's understandably, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just with this series, I'm just kind of ready for the game to start, and we'll see. Um, uh, it's uh, but I don't know what, what's kind of your feeling right I, now.
0: I have a feeling this series is going seven games, and maybe, maybe part of that is just me desperately wanting it to because I just it'd be it, great, it's been, it would be great. It's just been unbelievable to watch, and. And uh, you know, I I'm trying to think. You know, Kevin and Russ have been in what a couple game sevens. They they were in one against Memphis, right? That they
1: they've played two against Memphis,
0: and that's it, right? I mean it uh, would it would be yeah it would be it would just be really special if you know if we get to Sunday afternoon and uh, and, and we get to see a a Spurs Thunder game seven. You know, Durant on the road. You know, potential potential chance for, for his time with this team to be over. Potential chance for him to to get um, to get to the conference finals. Uh, you know, and, and beat the Spurs team. Him and Ross together on the road. At one of the hardest places to play in the league. It would be it would just be incredible to watch. So it would be. I you know maybe part of it's just me rooting for that, but it's it's hard for me to see. You know, I I think the Spurs will win Game Five because yeah. they're at home. And I, I, it's hard for me to see this team coming back here, this Thunder team coming back here and losing Game Six, um, given the way they play here. So I, I just think it sets up, um, I think it sets up for Game Seven. But you made a great point before. You know, the the, the Spurs have some tired old bodies on their team, and yeah. with this series going every other day, you know, I, it it will be really interesting to see if some of these guys start to wear down a little bit. Tony Parker. Got his leg he's rolled up. He's been really on. good. He's been he's great, but he got he got his leg rolled up on yep. you know in the fourth quarter. You know, he's I thought he was maybe not gonna be able to keep playing because he had to kind of get helped off by Tim Duncan. He's limping pretty good. And then of course he's just back out there right after that. But um, you know, he's been really good, but his legs could start to just get tired going up against Russ game after game. you have something like that come back and nag him. You know, Lamarcus Aldridge is playing a ton of minutes. Kawhi Leonard's playing a ton of minutes. Aldridge
1: looked tired in the fourth. Aldridge looked tired. Aldridge
0: played Aldridge played 40 something minutes I think in game in games 2 and 3. Now there was a gap obviously in days between 2 and 3. But there's not that. come
1: forward. But there's forward. not
0: but there's not moving forward yeah. and look, he's a big guy and if you're playing, you can play him 40 plus minutes a game and you're going to have to just when you're in a series like this, you know, when you're you're playing one of the four best teams in the league, you know, what a you know what basically should be a conference finals, you know, this this is a you've got to just do what you got to do to win games, but I I think the fact that the Thunder do have this this much younger group, I, I think that is a, I think that is a big edge for them in the series in terms of uh, in terms of rest. Now that these next two games are every other day,
1: yeah, especially because like we know the the energy that both teams are going to have to play with in five, six, and seven. And you know, I just think when the Thunder are at their best, it's when they're just like super frantic and and flying around defensively. Um, and I think just the stakes of these games will kind of like naturally produce that from the Thunder, which, you know, I think gives them an edge. And just think about like their front court depth, I think is, is an issue. And I, I you know, I say depth, but I, I mean, it's only three guys, but it's three really young guys. Like Steven Adams like feels like that guy could play 48 minutes. I mean, he's crazy athletic. He's flying around. Well,
0: that play he made at the end of game two, when he basically stopped four different players on one, on in one 12 second span to save that win is is one of the great defensive plays I've ever seen and it came at the end of a crazy game.
1: Yeah, and I mean I, I think he's just continued that strong play throughout the series, you know, sixteen and eleven last night. Uh, it's really killing Duncan. Um and you know, like I said, like I like I don't think that guy's gonna get tired. And then you got Canner who's you know, he's he's coming off the bench and only playing twenty you know, he played twenty eight minutes last night, but he only played nineteen in game three. He's twenty three years old. Like that guy's not tired. He probably wants more minutes. Uh, Serge Ibaka, you know they're limiting him to about 30 to 36 because of kind of what Canner's been doing. I think he only played 28 last night. He's still 26 years old, although he does look tired at times. But I think as you, the youth there, uh, uh, and then obviously with Russ and, and Durant and Dion Waiters, who who are all you know 27 or younger, potentially plays a factor. But at the same time, I could also see you know I could also see the Spurs playing that just great brand of basketball like they did really in the first three quarters last night, and especially at home. I would assume they'd get Game Five, but you know, I really, in a sense, think the last three uh, could go either way. I really don't know with this
0: series. Yeah, I, I, as a, as you were answering, I was thinking more about it. And to me, I think, I think whoever wins tomorrow is going to win the series. And that sounds like a, tr- a trite thing to say because that, you know, Game Five usually the winner of Game Five does win the series. But I, I think if the Thunder manage to win Game Five, I think the series ends like you said in six games. I think yeah, they come back here and they win. And I think if the Spurs manage to win that game. Whether they win in Game Six, there are two days between Game Six and Game Seven. Um, you know, Game Seven will be Sunday, Game Six is Thursday. They get a little extra rest. They're unbelievable at home. You know, I I just feel like if the, if the Spurs can get five, the ta- the task of trying to beat the Spurs twice in a row, once on the road, you know, it, it's just really hard to a do. A Game
1: Seven on the road. Game too, Seven
0: yes. on the road. You know, your home team wins that eighty-five percent of the time. I think or so historically. The Spurs are a historically great team, but you know if the, if the thunder could get this game tomorrow, you know, they'd come back here to this home crowd. It'd all be set up and they'd have a real shot. And, uh, it would be, it would be pretty spectacular to see all, all I'm pretty much convinced of at this point is that it's going to be an epic game either way, because this whole series has just been, has just been memorable from start to finish. Even that first game was memorable because it was so bizarre, but yeah, it's been, it's just been a terrific series so far.
1: Yeah. Um, and there's a chance, you know that that game one comes back to sting the Thunder. Uh, the fact that they've shown in the last three games, like they're they're toe to toe with this team, if they play like it's a playoff game, Probably they play like it was like a February back to back, play like it was a preseason one. game. It was yeah. unbelievable.
0: Didn't make yeah. didn't make any sense.
1: Like, does that come back to, to to haunt them potentially at the end of the series? Maybe does game three Russell Westbrook's performance, uh, you know, that just kind of meltdown he had a little bit. Uh, Sting them, maybe, but you know, last night Durant, everything kind of uh, you know it kind of righted the ship and and, and at least set the stage for them uh, to get back and potentially win this series. And man, would a game six if they could steal game five in San Antonio? That crowd in game six would be electric.
0: Yeah. Either way, either way, game six here is going to be something. I mean, it it it's it's uh, you know whether whether it's the season's on the line or it's we have a chance to beat this team it's going to be a madhouse and it will be it will be very fun and 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 you and so and to to as we wrap up here so you you do think that that last night's game is one that has significance you know in your mind and far as far as the, as far as trying to keep Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City
1: yeah i think there's no doubt about it cuz if i mean I th- if you lose this really competitive series to the Spurs in six games, you you can say, Hey, you know, Kevin 67 wins this season for the Spurs. I mean, they're, they're unbelievably good. Uh, but you know, we went toe to toe with them in the playoffs and, and, and look at, uh, the youth of this roster with can or with Adams with waiters. Like they all had solid series, really solid playoffs. If you go back to Dallas, I think all three of those guys uh, at their age are, are kind of upcoming, you know, Westbrook's still, uh, you know kind of his his running mate and then you know Baca. like this this roster's got some some pieces and i think they've really shown that in this series flawed for sure um but i think you can even if you lose the next two maybe not if you get like blown out but if you just stay competitive and um you know fall in six games you can go to them and say why don't you come back another year potentially get yourself 30 extra million with that one in one deal and like give it give it one more go around uh, don't leave Russell hanging for one season and, and break this thing up. Just, uh, you know, try it one more time. And I, I, think last night definitely had a part. Cause if, if, if they fall late last night, if Durant plays terribly in the fourth, then they go to San Antonio and get blown out. It's tough to see him, uh, you know, looking at the situation and wanting to return. But now, I th- i mean, what's your kind of opinion on it? I, I, I truly do think last night was, like, incredibly important.
0: I, I have a feeling we're going to remember last night's game for a long time, and I, I think maybe the next couple games will determine why. But you—you, you, I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter, it's like, man, this really might be it. And, and he comes out and plays like that and basically says, I'm not losing this game. And, you know, if he – if if they go on to win the series, you know, or or if like you said, if it's six or seven really tight games, and and he does come back, you know, those twelve minutes, those twelve minutes could wind up being really pivotal. And look, he could maybe he turns around and goes somewhere else this summer. It doesn't matter. But yeah, you just it did kind of feel like that was a that was kind of a tipping point moment, at least in my mind. Where it's like, man, if if like you said, if they lose in five they get blown out in game 5 and the season ends that way it'd be easy to look back at, at like you said those two times lebron left and and see parallels there like
1: when lebron was walking off and he's like ripped the, yep. the cavs jersey off in yep. boston like yep. you could see like a frustrated durant in san antonio doing something like that yeah
0: you it, you know and and it, you could see that if it played out that way but it, it him just him just stepping up and deciding they weren't losing that game i think really really could really could have long range yeah. implications
1: and it's, and it's like a recent moment for the Thunder to also say, like, think about the crowd. Think about the atmosphere. Your, you know, your family sitting courtside. Everything you built with this franchise and how the crowd just adores you. Like, you really want to leave that, that organicness to this, uh, you know, team and franchise? And he might. Um, but I just think to have that moment in his mind, like, as a pretty fresh, you know, 50 days from free agency— I think that's just important in itself, right there. Too. Well, and
0: I have I have thought it's pretty in- interesting that throughout this series, you know, we were talking about this before game game three, just just chatting by the court. I think it's interesting that they keep the Thunder keep putting out these T shirts that just have the the, the year two thousand eight on yeah. them. Yeah. And I I I think that I think that's kind of a subtle. Uh, I, I don't know if it's if they're trying to do some subliminal marketing or whatever, but it does. I'll tell you, it whatever they
1: whatever they're trying to do, it's so much better than the other stuff. We are one. Well, I agree, straight, but I, you know, right? Oh, man, that,
0: the, 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 the slogans no, are silly, it. but it it does it it feels like it, everything's about like this is what the last eight years have been like. Mm -hmm. And like, you know what I mean? And like, it does feel like everything is kind of building to a crescendo one way or the other. And it it will make the uh, it will make the next few days and the next few weeks after them. Very, very interesting. But uh, but Anthony, thank you. I know you got to get to practice, so I don't want to keep you too long Um, before you go, though. uh, You've been killing it covering the series. So um, in the in the Thunder all year. So, uh, give people uh, ways to find you on various social medias and uh, and plug some stuff because you've been you've been doing really good stuff.
1: Uh, my Twitter is at Anthony V. Slater. Uh, that's V as in Victor, uh, and then NewsOK.com, the Oklahoman. Uh, I'll tweet I tweet out links and everything, just just like you do, Tim, and you're doing a great job as well. So I will see you in San Antonio.
0: Yes, sir. Safe uh, safe travels
1: with that drive, okay? Safe travels on the flight. I, I think you're probably getting to You're leaving what I'd say three hours after me. And you're probably going to beat me there by about three hours. <laughs>
0: yeah. we'll we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully both get down there in one piece, but um, yeah, you can find, you can find me on the Washington post. <clears throat> you can find me on the Washington post website and you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps and on Facebook at Tim Bontemps NBA. Uh, please give the, Podcast a five star review and rating on uh, iTunes that's appreciated. Uh, thank you to Glenn Yoder in the Western States for the theme music for the podcast. And yeah, as we were saying, Anthony, uh, safe travels, and we'll see you uh, tomorrow. And to everybody else who's listening, we'll talk to you again soon.